Don't give it a shot. Good morning, guys. Let's uh, say a prayer. Our Father, Hail Mary, glory be. And then Rob will be the gospel message. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I'll start us off with a gospel. Okay, let me okay. shoot it up here for you. Uh, can you read that? Yes. Okay. The gospel according to John. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are one. When I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me, and I guarded them, and none of them was lost except the son of destruction, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I give them your word, and the world hated them because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world. And I consecrate myself for them so that they also may be consecrated in truth. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, Praise Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, I wish you'd do that for, for me. Wow, keep, 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 keep uh, the evil one away. Because, you know, I, I often, I guess, I don't know about blame, but, you know, the devil's working. And so... Mm -hmm. You, you know, when you, when you have whatever, I think a lot of times, he, you know, he's, he's allowed, Jesus lets him have a hand in it or whatever. And uh, that that's really, that's really special that Jesus said, hey, I protected him, keep him from the evil one. And it's like, that's a, that's a big deal to me, a huge deal. Well, in, in one of the gospel readings, when Jesus, uh, you know, the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, and he tells them the prayer of our father. The uh, the last line that we say, uh, you know, deliver us from evil. Um, in one of the gospels, it's and you know, uh, protect them from the evil one or deliver them from from the evil one. And so uh, you are praying that you know, and he is and he does do that. Um, yeah, it's not how, <laughs> not how you know, 
But I just think actually having that in the gospel message and actually hearing that message, that gives you hope that, you know, Jesus is there for us. He can protect us. And he asked the father to say, hey, you know, protect, protect us from the evil one, because he's even, I don't want to say not sure, but he wants to make sure that the protection is there. So he uses the word uh, uh, consecrate several times there. I'm Mm -hmm. kind of wondering what the the meaning of that is. but it seems to be significant in the sense that, uh, you know, if we're consecrated uh, to be uh, in, in living in the truth, he's, cons- he's consecrated himself, as I think he said, that we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't worry too much about the machinations of the devil because uh, we're not, you know, our Jesus is, is not of this world and, and he was telling the apostles that they're not of this world either they have a part of the next world yeah i do have um you know that this book the better part that has kind of like homily reflections on on each gospel reading mm-hmm. and uh, i was going to read you know what it says about this one um but uh just while hearing uh, both uh, mark and steve talk about this i was, was reminded that um you know, kind of like the beginning of the Bible story, uh, like the fall of humanity is, uh, you know, that um, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so it's like our our ancestors, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, disobeyed God in regards to this. And, and that's why we're in this world of, you know, that's, that's kind of like why we're subject to evils. Um, but uh, God brings a greater good out of that. Um, so, uh but uh, so here's that gospel reflection uh, on this. Uh, it says, the world, gets a bad, <laughs> the world gets bad press in this passage. Christ asserts that he does not belong to the world, and neither do his disciples who have been consecrated, which literally means set apart. So that's what consecrated means, set apart, um, uh, just as he has been. The world hated Christ and his followers, and yet it was that very world which Jesus came to save. The world in this passage refers not to the created universe, which comes forth from God's hands as something very good, as described in Genesis, but to the forces of human society that have been corrupted by sin. The tendency of many social and cultural norms to lure us away from the steep but liberating path of fidelity to Christ and his friendship. In this sense, the world is one of the Christian's traditional enemies. It is the kingdom of the devil as opposed to the kingdom of God, the city of fallen man as opposed to the city of God. As St. Augustine described them, the former is ruled by love for self to the point of despising God, while the latter is ruled by love for God to the point of self-sacrifice. A Christian can never be completely at home in this world, never completely happy or comfortable. We are pilgrims traversing a dangerous route to heaven, soldiers marching from battle to battle in defense of our king. We must never be surprised at the challenges and oppositions that we encounter. Indeed, every obstacle should boost our hope, reminding us that just ahead we will find home. 
Yeah. I think everybody should study that. We just read my goodness, yeah. that's packed oh, yeah. with so much stuff. Oh my goodness. Um, it sounds like, I and mean, we already know this, but we have to look out for evil every single day. It's all around us. You know, we never know what's going to happen to any of us on any given day. I even see it in family, friends, church friends. I mean, Marcus said sometimes you're sitting in a pew in church, you know, celebrating the mass, and you know, the evil one's right next to you, trying to distract you, trying to do whatever. Or you know, you, some people check off the box, leave church, and then they're they're arguing with you getting out of the parking lot. <laughs> And I found well, there's out so that, much in there. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. You want to you brush up on that, Keith, again? Um, I, let me, uh, I'll, I'll look over the notes again and maybe say a couple things. Um, who actually, who wrote that book? So this is from, his name's Father John Bartunek. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, because I know every time I fell down, the, the evil one, he wasn't coming at you all horny and horns and think no it's very very attractive <laughs> yeah sensual because he can't trip you up usually if you know he's coming and, and, and I, I just look back at all of my flaws it's like how, how can i be that stupid it's like well you know yeah and i also look at it like we're we are dependent on god for everything and and you know you know uh and in this in this world where we're subject to good and evil, um, uh, you know, even our our failures and whether we fail or succeed is really up to God and stuff. And so He's it'll let us fail. That's like part of this learning process in this in this world. And so like all those stupid things that I've done, God knew all about it, <laughs> and He saw me do it. And He was like, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let that happen for now. Um, and uh, <laughs> Um, uh, uh, but again, so he, he allows evil because he's able to bring a greater good out of it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but I, when I came back to the church, my number one thing was that I love the truth, and so I liked how it, in the gospel reading it said, you know, consecrate them in the truth. Um, uh, I, I do feel like that's one of one of the most important things, like, I don't know, I don't care if someone doesn't believe in God, but they, but they love the truth, they will eventually, you know, find God. And so, like, I think the truth is the most important thing. Um, when you say truth, that's Jesus Christ, right? Because that's what he said. Yeah, but I, I am the way, the truth, and life. Yeah, but I also mean, like, objective truth. Because uh -huh. that's the, kind of the problem with the, the world other <laughs> than the kingdom of the devil or whatever, mm -hmm. is, is that, uh, you know, as if there is no objective truth. Right. And, uh, and, but there is there is Absolutely. there is yeah. an objective truth right. and something that's true whether whether I'm here or not and and um then just um that's right relativism yeah I did really like the yeah. this line here I never heard it before apparently Saint Augustine said that um you know I guess hell is, is is when you have love for self to the point of despising God so it's like you know. It is good to love yourself, but to that type of extreme, you know, you're supposed to put God first, right. then your family and friends, and then yourself, or, or, you know, basically you have to put God first. And, and if you put yourself first, that is, you know, that's kind of the, the bad thing. But then, so the kingdom of the devil is putting self first, and then the kingdom of God is, is putting God and everyone else uh, above yourselves, like self sacrifice. So, so even in this, Going back to this, like the Garden of Eden and stuff, it's like, so we're in this kind of like 
trap and the only way out of it is is to love God and love others and to sacrifice ourselves you know, and in the same way that Jesus you know uh, sacrificed himself on the cross he's like your will be done you know so we're all in this and we all be like you know your, your will be done you're the God's the only one who um, gets us out of this yeah one thing you said about um, it's okay to focus on yourself um, I've known that for years especially the past five or six years but um, that's the big thing that's coming up um, in my school where I teach, which is good. It's in the whole district where all this mental stuff, like what kids go through, teachers go through, administrators go through, it's crazy. Um, but um, Pensbury has this thing called uh, self-wellness dates, and I'm so glad they have it. It's not as though we have to do something that's curriculum-based or the administration is saying, do this, which we don't want to do. And I'm so for it. Like we had one on election day uh, about a week and a half ago. And we had many options online to sign up for. And one I signed up for was, of course, related to my retirement. So I wanted to figure out because I'm pretty close. So that was cool, uh, which we've never had before. But the three one hour sessions I signed up for were all about me. And that's OK. Uh, for example, just writing in my journals, uh, listening to my music. And, um, you know, doing some stuff with the website, which I'm going to publish pretty soon. Um, but that was focusing on me. And I think some people think that's not OK, but it is OK. It's so OK to think about to think about yourself and focus on yourself. But but don't do it every day, <laughs> you know, in terms of that's all you do. Yeah, because I've heard people say that with the double dose, so take something good and then pervert it. Yeah. So it is good to, you know, care about yourself. and, and yeah. uh, um, but when you do that to excess, you know, to the point where it's out of proportion to, you know, being rightly ordered, you know, so, um, right. yeah. yeah. Discernment is, uh, I guess, important. And uh, in order to get proper, to have proper discernment, I think you have to write a lot too, you know. Guys, I think uh, what Board of Hell is, is that uh, your sinful behavior, they, the devil, he's going to let you do that to the point where it's going to drive you mad. Let's say, you know, bad example, you're a fornicator and you look women. He, you know what? He's going to say, you know, you're going to be able to repeat that till, 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 till you can't stand it, till it drives you insane. I think that's what hell is. I think that you're, you know, if you want to carry on the way you, you your behavior, I think. The devil, he you know, he encourages that. That's what he wants. He wants to ruin you. He wants to ruin your soul, drive you nuts. And yeah, but at the same time, I always think that, um, like you know, there, but for the grace of God, go I. So, like when I see people who are in addictions like like that, or really, you know, myself, I've been in, in bad addictions and stuff like that. Is uh, I know that without God's grace, I would just keep, you know, right. uh, uh, yeah. And, and so, then given the opportunity to break away from that. I'll I'll take it. You know, it's just sometimes uh, I kind of look at it as though, like, you know, the part of the gospel message is, you know, repent and believe in the gospel. That's like the, the outreach hand to, to, like, you know, you guys who are stuck in your, you know, addictions and stuff, I'm here for you. You just got to, you know, reach out and, and, uh, there's and, always hope. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, that, and, and that's, that, that's what keeps me going is that God reaches out his hand and says, come on, you, you, you don't have to struggle like this, you don't have to suffer. I'm going to take care of it for you before, you know, it gets too late. Like, I'll just throw in the current thing, El Chapo, he's, he's there in that maximum security at 7 by 12. And now he's saying, oh, it's so inhumane and stuff like that because 
They don't let him out. He has no interaction. The only time he does is when they cuff him and he's taken. But think about that. You're 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 in a room with nothing or nobody, no, no human interaction. And you don't know what if it's two o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. You know, that's that's that that's brutal. So but, but like he says, always know that God's hands there to take you to, 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 to bring you along. So he is Mark, he's always there. The only thing is some people. Um, I don't think have other people around them, family, friends, whomever, who reach out and help that person. I mean, a prime example is what happened last week. I mean, now we're seeing all these things this 18-year-old kid did before he killed a bunch of kids and two teachers. My goodness. I mean, I'm reading this. I'm like, why did nobody say anything? Like, I, I really feel that I would. It's just, it's so other people need to have God working through them to reach these people where there is no hope. I think most, I think everybody has hope, but this kid probably saw that there was no hope whatsoever. If you look at what happened to him and you know what, they, they've been studying this since the sixties. I was watching one program about um, people going to just shoot and kill people. Um, 98%, about 98%, almost hundred percent of these people. Well, they're mainly male, but there's only a few females, but uh, something was something happened when they were younger. It's mainly abuse. That's usually the biggest thing. So if the kids abuse, there's a possibility down the road that this could happen. Think about that. But, I mean, they're numbers. Um, I teach math. I mean, that's amazing to me. The fact that it was between 90 and 99 percent that something happened to this kid who who shot and killed these people. This is from the 60s until now. So this is not a new thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's crazy. Kind of what you're saying there, but. Uh, and you add to that, I think, um, uh, the isolation that these um, perpetrators seem to be living in a bubble of isolation. There's nobody penetrating that bubble to tell them you're, you're way out of bounds, buddy. You know, you, you, you're building a world inside of your head that's not the truth, that's not real reality. Because, uh, you know, this guy had his grandma. He was living with his grandmother. Yeah. And uh, she was probably powerless because he was like six foot three or something. And uh, they ended up shooting her anyway. Yeah, but you hear, you hear things like that. And, and like Tom was saying, it's just like, you know, you, you see something festering, something, you know, getting to the boiling point. And, you know, when you look at this, it's like, could somebody have intervened? And, and uh, yeah, because you're, um, Tom, you're in a school system. Um, isn't there some kind of like counseling that a that you name it, Pensbury has it, I'm telling you. Yeah. People don't know about it outside of Pensbury, they have it. You name it, they have it. Yeah. Yep. So basically, if there's a kid in distress, that you have a place for him to go. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just about a week and a half ago, we went through a, uh, it's called a code red drill. Uh, literally, the kids, um, I told them what they had to do. Um, they basically well, shut the lights out, lock the door, and then you barricade the door. Uh, the way buildings are built, the doors go out, which is not good. Um, it's better if they were to come in, but that's not how, because of fire. If fire ever happened, you can push it out. And so it's not the best system right now in our school. I'll tell that to any administrator. I'll tell that to the superintendent that it's not the best system in the building where I am. But uh, what happens is when we went through the drill, you barricade the door, 
the kids go away from any line of sight. If anybody can see through the little window that we only have one window, it doesn't go to the outside either, which is a problem in itself. And I literally take a um, extension cord and I, 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 it, it, there's already a knot. I put it around the doorknob and I stand away so nobody can see me and I'm holding as hard as I can. Uh, because we know that if you look at statistics again, um, everything's done within four to seven minutes, except this one this past week. And I was like too long from what I'm understanding. Uh, but everything's done like in less than 10 minutes. And so it's to deter the person from doing any damage whatsoever. But to get back to your original question, there are so many things in place. Oh, yeah. If a kid has something wrong, we as teachers are to report it. And I will. Um, first, I would talk to the counselor. Then the counselor just goes through all the steps that he or she has to. But I know in Pensbury, it's there from what I've seen. Yeah. There's this other kid in Florida some time back. It seemed like the same uh, situation, you know, he... Uh, you know, they kept, uh, they kind of just, it's sort of like to just move, move them along, move them along. Mm -hmm. And then maybe when he disappears, everything will be all right. You can't do that. You can't. Also, like last night, I'm flipping through cable channels, or maybe two nights ago, and I won't tell you which one, but this is the only person who has said that we're missing something out of society. One is yeah. the family. Yeah. Family's been broken up over the years. Number two is church, and three is prayer. That's the first person ever who has said that on a network where, Maybe we should focus focus on these three things also. I'm like, you go for it. Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness. Because that's what I've been thinking all along. Getting people to go to church, the importance of church and our faith, which which we're talking about now. Uh, prayer, what prayer is. And you you mentioned Steve prayer earlier. Um, we need we need to get back to the basics, like teach our kids, like this is what prayer is. Yeah. It's just talking to God, that's all it is. And then when you're younger, you can develop that hopefully relationship with him. And then by now, my goodness, he's my best friend. I know it sounds weird, but um, uh, God is my best friend. Um, if people were to ask me, uh, Barb's number two, she's my wife. And she, she's not upset about that. She understands where I'm coming from. I mean, think about it. Genesis 127 says he created us in his likeness and image. That's what God did for me. And then God gave me the gift of life. And I do a lot of things to thank him for that in terms of taking care of myself. And so that's what briefly God has done for just me. Um, I mean, Barb has done many good things for me over the years, but come on, he gave us life. Uh, Barb couldn't have done that, but <laughs> so, just joking a little bit. She's got her cross there. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Yeah. She has hers. I have mine. You guys have yours. <laughs> we all have our crosses. That's a topic we talked about in the past, our crosses we bear every day. Yeah. Yeah, but you just said a mouthful. Um, and speaking of the of the anti-truth and the evil one, um, over the last 50, 60 years, how many, you know, destroying the family, take taking God out of school. Uh, I know I sound like my grandfather or something, <laughs> but you, you take God out of people's lives, you take God out of the culture. It's a mess when you do that. And, the, and you destroy the family. Yeah, I think that. And then you take the, the parental authority away from the parents and remove it to the government. That's not good. Yeah, I think uh, related to that thing about, I think the family is really the most important because um, uh, that's where we're supposed to, like, you know, learn to love one another. It's in that new The first church. Yeah, the first mm -hmm. church. And, um, 
And you know, related to in this gospel passage, you know, uh, Jesus' prayer was that um, they be one. You know, that and and, um, and 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 so you do see that in the world. You know, the the devil tries to, like you were saying with this kid, he was in his own bubble. He was like separated from people. He was divided. Like so, the devil somehow you know divided him, got him alone, told him what to lies, and got him marked up, and 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 then set him loose. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, you know, kind of the way to combat that is is you know union with those people. And so, um, like Jesus came uh, to call sinners. He sat down with them. You know, he he would sit down with that kid. And, and uh, um, and so that's kind of like what we have to do. But really, the most uh, effective person to do that would be people in his family. And so that's why, like, the thing about abuse and stuff like that—that's that's horrible because that's yeah. like you know um, probably um, it's supposed to be the most protected part of their lives. And and if, if uh, something horrible happens there, then uh, you know it's difficult. Um, yeah. Yeah, one thing, like, I joke about it in class sometimes, but I'm very serious, and I tell the kids that I'm joking sometimes, and I'm very serious. Um, there's a Latin phrase, in loco parentis, and that means in place of the parent. I, I tell the kids that's one reason why I teach. I'm just honest with my kids. I say, guys, I'm here because I'm a parent in place of the parent or guardian or, or whomever, and that's the way I'm going to conduct my classroom. Um, but getting back to something Mark said and he said about truth, sometimes, like, it seems like there are people in life where they do something that is against our faith and they keep doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. And then over time they think that is the truth, but even though it's evil and it's just what they're so used to and they keep doing it. I think that's maybe one of the problems in our society is that they, they think it is the truth, but it's not, it's not close yeah. to what Christ well, is about. Yeah. That's what, um, that's what abortion is about, right? Because you have yes. so many women who've had yeah. abortions oh, and men who participated in abortions that in order to assuage their guilt, they have to get more people to have abortions, right? It's just, mm -hmm. it's exactly like and that. Well, I mean, it's just- yeah, um, What you're saying is- And so they true. rationalize. Yeah. The, right. the same with this pride business, you know, how do you have a pride month oh, yeah. uh, over, you know, you know, it's one thing to be a sinner, you know, but it's another thing to be proud about it and celebrate it, you know? Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. There was uh, this past week, uh, students are allowed to protest in a nice way, and they did on, I don't blank, it was either Thursday or Friday. It was Thursday. This past week, Thursday, the high school kids, there were a few hundred who went out, and it was all put through the superintendent, the principal, all that, and it was okay to do it. They did it during school, and it was all about this leakage of what came out of the Supreme Court several weeks ago. And a few of the kids in class, I said, that's great. I'm all for the fact that they want to protest. And I said, just keep in mind, do you know, do you know of anybody who's going out there and they're going to be pro-life at this particular rally? Nobody knew what to say. Um, I, I threw that out there to the kids because that's an option. I don't know if anybody was out there. We're not allowed to go out there because it's during it's the yeah. contractual yeah. day. So I <laughs> asked the kids what happened. <laughs> and it depends on the kid you get an answer from. <laughs> She want to happen. Some might exaggerate. Some might say this is what happened. But what yeah, so that, uh, the fact that they're not pro-life, that women should have a choice. Interesting, huh? Yeah. They're allowed to do that. So they basically, <laughs> somebody gets some thoughts in their head. They Correct. They go to the powers that be in Pittsburgh and say, That's we're going to have a protest day. Correct. Now, how often could you have a protest? Day? In theory, why not have one every day? 
I'm a math person, right? In theory, you can have one every day, right? They have to approve it though. It won't happen, but <laughs> wow, right? They have to approve it. <laughs> so, so there's ringleaders in the school that are doing this. There has there has to be somebody that says, "Hey, we're going to protest," and once they go through the the system and they see that they they have the power to influence the power structure there, the principals and whatever, say, hey, we're going to protest, and that's it. Now, and also, I think this was a national thing. I don't think we started the whole thing, but oh, Thursday okay. was a national thing, so these kids chimed in. One thing I asked my classes was, um, if this is such a big deal, why did nobody contact the news media if this is so important to people doing this protest? Same thing, no answers. Yeah. So, yeah. That was, I thought that was interesting. Well, they have had, the, they have had that, that, um, National National Bible Day or Read Your Bible Day or whatever. Have you heard of that? Like yeah, in, the high, yeah. in the high schools, and yeah. that, did they ever do anything with that? Um, I don't know. No. I know but, the National Day of Prayer. Uh, it hasn't been done since before the pandemic. I've been out there a few times, but it'll be before. Like we have to be there seven o five, so it has to take place before seven o five. The teacher, the the administration. Oh, for you to be able to for us, but the, the kids can. The kids can. Yeah. 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 But um, I I've joined that a few times. You'll get maybe. 15 or 30 kids, depending on the national day. Okay, yeah. By the flagpole. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But I thought this was a there might specific Bible. Bible there might there was like a, like a read your Bible day or something, and it was a national thing. But what's interesting, and um, not to get into politics or anything, but uh, just to get into people's persona, right, is that usually what we consider to be uh, not good things and evil things, right, those are the ones that seem to be protesting the most, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just bizarre, right? There was one time I can imagine, right, that actually you might consider that the protest was like, like trying to get something positive. And that was what the January 6th thing down in the, mm -hmm. right? They were trying yeah. to say, you know, let's look into this or let we have freedoms. Let's, let's try to, well, contrast that to all the stuff that happened the summer before and the summer, you know, and so, so that's one thing about, um, Catholics and Christians and that is that we don't do enough to uh, espouse what we know and what we believe. You know, there's a couple of big marches or you got people I mean, I, doing yeah, doing stuff outside of abortion clinics and stuff, which is great. Right. But well, I also think enough. that the most effective thing is, uh, you know, the grassroots type thing, which is uh, like, at, you know, at the local and family level and like interactions. I don't think yeah. that, you know, this type of showy stuff with, um, with uh, media and, and protesting, I right. don't think I don't think it actually is as effective, you know, in the in the long run. Like in the long run, I agree with you. And our pastor would say the same thing. Father Stan always says the same thing. He said, right? He says everything has got to be local, right? He says, don't even shop at Amazon. Don't shop at <laughs> you. Got to go to mom and pop, right? Because that's your community, right? And he always espouses that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's just, I was just saying, what a difference there is. Between well, you know, the other thing is, you know, historically and scripturally, Christians, Catholics, it even says it in the letters about obeying the authorities. You know, you give the authority their proper respect, or, you know, speaking, you know, of the empire, the Roman, to give Caesar that right. Caesar. And being, uh, you know, if you're a slave, be a good slave. You know, if you're a, whatever you are. And so that's, it's a law abiding ethic, you know, and it's right in the scripture and it's right in all of our traditions. 
you know. So it's not easy for uh, people that, that have this, you know, people, some people don't get this from scripture, they get it from the culture. And it's not easy for them to turn on the switch and go out and throw Molotov cocktails into uh, uh, a crisis pregnancy center, you know, or to, to do the opposite. Right. Um, it's just not in the uh, exactly. yeah. uh, pattern of behavior that, that's right. developed over a couple of thousand years. And here's, you remember, we might have discussed it here. I don't remember, Mark, did you remember? Remember, um, Jesus was walking along with the apostles and and two of the apostles were saying something bad, like they wanted to get back at, get back at, at some of the groups, maybe it was the Pharisees or the Sadducees or something, whatever it was, right? And then Jesus stopped in, in the tracks and said, you know, don't, that's not up to you. That's up to me. Right. Something like that. Do you recall what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not. Uh, I don't remember right now. Yeah. So. Um, so it's almost like, you know, we're taking the higher path if we don't protest and don't, you know, espouse. Because like like what Keith said, it's just it just falls on. It becomes. Um, well, it becomes uh, well, you know, not as worth, not as worthy of. of of an effort, like if you're always out there protesting the uh, pro pro choice, right? I it's like it becomes diluted, right? Whereas the ones who are sitting back and silent and praying about it, and then maybe once every well, so often go out, and then it has more meaning. Right? Uh, I, I also think that, like you know, I feel like God's grace kind of works at that local level, and and uh, I was thinking of um, there's this thing of uh, kind of a devotion of like Mary untire of knots, yeah. and I, I like that one because. Yeah. Um, like, it, like, you know, I myself, you know, so I had kind of this perversion experience in 2015, so now about seven years ago. And um, and I remember before that, I was kind of like brainwashed by the culture. I, I was, uh, I didn't, I under, I definitely understood people with pro, you know, cho choice <laughs> type views and stuff. And, and kind of what it was, was that uh, like, you know, so in, in, in that world, uh, the kind of thing, they, like I said earlier, I think the devil takes something that's good and then kind of perverts it. So, like, the thing that's good about that is that, like, you know, um, uh, subsidiary or, you know, how power is supposed to be at the at the lowest local level and it shouldn't be, like, a top-down thing. So that's true. It should be, like, you know, we should have individual liberties. No one would say that individual liberty is not a good thing. The problem is, is that it, uh, it denies the truth that there is a baby, like and that the baby's alive, right. and, and, that, and that the mother has a responsibility. That both the mother and the father have a responsibility to the baby. That is what is is you know disconnected, and you can't really have a from like I do like I've seen in the media instead of calling it pro-life, they call it anti-abortion, and really life is is the thing that need that needs to be explained to the people who are kind of like brainwashed. They don't think it's life. And, 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 and that's why they don't think it's wrong. And, and, and you can't really, uh, and in the way you, you convince someone that it is life is you sit down and you talk to them. And because you can't just shout and everybody, it's life. Yes. Like, you know, you have to like, you know, they, they have to come to that realization. And like Jesus told parables, to, I feel like um, to try to untie those knots in people's minds, you know, yeah. because you, you have to think about stuff. and. And in the parable, if you're not paying attention, you know, unless you're trying to understand, you won't understand. And even even that, he said, you know, some people 
Uh, and I think they asked him, why do you teach in parables? And something like, you know, so the people who are ready to hear can hear, and the people who aren't ready to hear don't hear. Um, just one thing about the grassroots, like you said, and also abortion, and maybe many people don't know about it, but there are nonprofits out there that focus on trying to get, whether it's an older woman or a kid who's pregnant to keep their kid. Um, the Knights of Columbus, actually, they do it. Um, I've never been involved with it, but they have vehicles that travel the country. And you sit outside of abortion clinics and you yeah. try to get the people who are going inside to have an abortion to come in. And there's another one called Save the Storks. I learned about them back uh, maybe five, six years ago. SaveTheStorks.org. They do the same thing. Um, they spend $100,000 on the company Mercedes. Um, they build them these um, vehicles, um, and that's all it's used for. They park outside of abortion clinics. Yeah. And the biggest thing that turns females away from uh, having the abortion Ultras. is when they do the, the ultrasound. When, once they see the picture of their kid, boom, the majority say, I'm in. Whether they adopt a child or keep a child, and then there are sources out there. Maybe Catholic Relief Services, I'm guessing, has something. Like for a few years after birth where the, the, the woman could get help if they don't have a father involved. Yeah. Or, I belong. Yeah, but, I, be, I support. I wanted yeah. to quarters of legacy of life which is yeah. um it's here in bristol mm -hmm. right and it's down in philadelphia legacy of life foundation they they actually mm -hmm. what they do is they they build themselves as, as a women's center right so you would think that by looking at them they provide abortions <laughs> because there are other groups out there where they they say pro-life center and you know mm -hmm. but you're going to attract certain people who who are predisposed to wanting to save their child, right? But this group, you can go and it will just say women's center, you know, uh, crisis pregnancy center, whatever, right? And then once you're in, then they start talking to you and they show you the first thing right out the bat is the, the ultrasound, right? And they always put them right across from Planned Parenthoods, right? So in fact, it was so successful that the Planned Parenthood closed down across yeah. the street from them in uh, Bristol. So, so that's a good organization, but we support the, the mother up to three years after the baby. Mm -hmm. I mean, she, she, she goes to, to school, learn how to be a mother and, and, and cook and to take care of the kids. So that's good. Um, I, well, I'm going to say something interesting. So I was, I was at a friend's house who's a Catholic. I can't tell you she's devout, but she's fairly liberal, right? She's Catholic. And um, we were talking about abortion and her husband was there. It was just the three of us talking and she's pro-choice. And um, it came up that I said, well, when, you know, when do you think that it becomes life? Right. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, at conception. And her husband looked at her. What? Her husband looked at her and said, honey, that makes no sense. What you're saying. So, so there are actually Catholics and pe actually people out there that say if life begins at conception. But they still want the ability to abort. Just very bizarre. And, and, and she explained to me that when she was younger, she helped a, a friend of hers go get an abortion. And she has no regrets about it because she said this woman could not have had that baby in her circumstance. I don't know what happened to the girl, what her circumstances could be, but that doesn't make any sense. And this sounded like it was years later, like at least 30 some years later, and she still supports her action, what she mm -hmm. did, and, and promotes that, even though she believes life begins at conception. So it just does, there's a lot of 
craziness out there, even in the Catholic Church. But that's because you've got all this stuff. Who am I to judge on all this, all the garbage that puts confusion, right? The devil is the one who causes confusion, right? You, you know, yeah, there, is, I mean, there is right and wrong, right? We yeah. know that, right? There's absolute truth, right? But when the devil is relativism, which kind of, we call him the, the gray, right? The gray God, right? You know, lukewarm, I'll spit you out, Jesus <laughs> says, right? That's the devil, you know? So, so um, that's what they try to do is make it, make everything like meld together and make, create grayness so that there is no absolute truth. Right? I'll escape the language. That's yeah. I just keep coming back to the undoer of knocks because that's, that's, you were just describing the weave and weft of the devil in, yeah. in, the, in, in life, you know? Yeah. And situational ethics, right? Where, where people, uh, like I've always said in my life that uh, abortion is wrong, no matter what circumstance, right? And especially when I had two daughters, I made that commitment that, well, if they got raped, right? And they were pregnant with the child. Well, I have to have the commitment set ahead of time that they cannot abort that child, right? Or at least that would be my, my position, right? But if I wasn't solid in that commitment before that rape happened, then I could easily, you know, possibly under the circumstances, situational ethics say, oh yeah, it's okay because you get clouded by the devil, right? So that's why we have, that's why you have Bible study. That's why you, you learn and you pray because you need to be convicted in your, in your beliefs before the devil comes into plan, right? You know, like I'm going to go, I'm going through a divorce. So fornication is probably going to be on my mind at some point, you know? But I have to set my my goal that that shouldn't be happening, right? Um, and I surround my need to surround myself with good people like you that will say, "What are you stupid?" You know, <laughs> right? So that's important, right? As opposed to surrounding myself with people at a bar who are like doing the same thing, right? So so that's what that's. But but what's interesting here in the in the scriptures, he, he says, um, you can't rely on him to pull you out of a bad situation. Right. Because he says, I'm going to keep you in this world, going to keep you in the world. I'm not going to take you out of the world. So the world has all of its problems. But but know that I am with you. Right. So then he's saying there, I can be with you and you can experience the truth and believe in the truth and have the benefits of the truth, even amidst the world. Right. And that's that's what uh, that's what I get out of that, too, is that. Um, He's not promising us that we're not going to have miserable lives right. and be fighting the devil all the time, mm-hmm. right? He's good. He, you know, you're going to be in the world, right? But he's going to help us through that is yeah. what I'm getting, you know, because, um, you know, he, he sends us into the world to get other people uh, to him, right? So. Yeah, another thing in the reading is when he talks about you know, uh, that he is in the Father, and then, uh, and then, uh, what does it say again? What is it here? Um, I'm thinking of a different one. I think it might be a different one. Okay. I am in the Father, and Father's in the Yeah, yeah that's, what that's, I, that's what I thought, yeah. yeah. But, uh,
Yeah, yeah was that <coughs> a different passage. It's funny. If I looked at this gospel passage and studied it every day for a month, I would not get as much. I wouldn't get as much out of it as I got in those last half hour. Okay. Well, Which that's really important. cool. Yeah, that's yeah. Huge. Well, that's the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit has given us wisdom and uh, and all. Right. Yeah, the, I'm going to be able to digest this and take it with me all week. And, <laughs> and like Tom talking about, I don't know about the protests and the code red and holding the door. Rob, are you practicing in your place this code red thing? I mean, I mean that's it's a school. Thing. Well, it's a school thing. I, and I work yeah. from home, so I don't know. I guess I could code red. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I don't have to do it at home. Whenever maybe with my, maybe since I'm still living with my wife, I might have to do that code red thing. But, um, but that's. Uh, uh, yeah, I was talking. It's, it's funny because somebody at church was just talking about that, that he did that at um, um, at his school, too. He's retired, too, man. Um, but he, he said to me, he says, well, the problem with the, the school is that they have there's a master key in the in the office. Right. So somebody could just go into the office, get the master key and then just unlock all those doors. Right. Yeah, it would probably take them too long, I'm guessing. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Someone yeah. went and just kills them. Yeah. If it's it's did you lock the door? Could you lock? I have to lock the door. Yeah. But what's this wrapping around the thing? Pulling? Because um, there's no way once once the person outside has the door unlocked, they just pull it toward them. In other words, if the door. Yeah, in other words, blockading the door isn't yeah. going to help because. It's going out. So oh, so the door is locked from the outside. From the outside. Yeah. Oh, so he could just un undo the lock. But then you would have the barricade, which we put up in each classroom. And what do you use the barricade? It's it's a time issue. Remember, between four right. to seven right. minutes is when all the destruction is done. Time. If yeah. you look at statistics yeah, you're right. over the past twenty some years. Yeah. So it's it's really to now Falls Township Police know their teams uh, where they know the inside and out of every single building in the district. So mm -hmm. just so you guys know. They know every nook and corner. And they wouldn't have waited, probably. I'm guessing no. I don't see. I mean, from what I've read and heard, I just, I don't understand it. Like, for example, it lasted for an hour. About, yeah. I mean, the I, one thought guy, was, I heard this morning it was an hour and hour and a half, 90 minutes. Yeah, like, for example, the one guy who whose wife was a teacher there, who I think survived, he sends her a text. He's having his hair cut. Um, and she, in the text, said exactly what was happening. He says, I'm out of here, takes the shotgun from the barber shop. He ends up, he's the one who I think ends up shooting the guy and kills him. Really? I think he's the one. So how does that happen? How can this guy who's having his hair cut, not even involved with like the police, right? He's the, uh, what, what's his title? Deputy something? Yeah. He's a border patrol. Border, border patrol. patrol. Yeah. Don't quote me, but I just read that this morning. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's who it was. He was the guy in the barber shop. How, how does this happen? The guy's on border patrol, not even on duty. He ends up shooting the guy. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. No, no. It doesn't. Uh, I don't understand it. Police outside, so really. I don't, yeah, I don't get it. I don't. They weren't ready. Uh, Zuri, if we uh, wrap up the podcast now, we'll yeah, say sure. some, some prayers, sure. intentions, uh, including for the you know families. Yeah. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Um, and do you guys have any other intentions? Uh, I just have intentions for uh, for everybody uh, in caretaking position and uh, keep your health and uh, be on the alert. 
for, for Mark, who just got done surgery, uh, and for somebody uh, that I know, her name is Claire, uh, who is uh, dying. Um, I have three people who are just um, battling cancer. Hopefully they can recover from it. I just have some personal intentions. To offer up my wife and my two kids. Well, uh, I guess we'll pray in our Father and Hail Mary and glory be. Our Father, our Father who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and in the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Man, I got a lot out of this. Yeah, this was a good Yeah, It was packed with a lot of information. So, Mark, just spread the word.